a member of the DATC media family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you were able to check out the last fresh episode from two weeks ago where I chatted with Josh Kalki from Umfreaks Anonymous and Adam Scheinberg, Chief Technology Officer for Umfreaks McGee. We broke down the two nights of Umbold 9 set by set. That is quite a meaty, in-depth episode, so definitely give that a listen if you haven't. You'll find a link in the show notes. This week on the show, we're going to wrap up Umbold 9 coverage with Jimmy Knowledge, co-host of the Umphreys Wow Show, coming back to talk all about the Raw Stew set on Saturday night. Jimmy joined me a few weeks ago to talk about the history of Raw Stew, getting into the candidates on this year's ballots, and a whole bunch more. So if you missed that, you know where to find a link. This time around, Jimmy and I talk briefly about the other sets from the weekend, Then we fall down the raw stew rabbit hole, dissecting the set song by song, taking a look at the ballot winners that would come together to create the magic we heard Saturday night, and a whole bunch more. We just nerd out on all the awesomeness that we were given during that set. I'm still blown away by it and listen to it often and as I mentioned in my conversation with Jimmy it's my favorite Ross set, and it's just always such a pleasure having Jimmy as a guest here on the show we joke about his shout out <laughs> on the panel live stream before night two if you watched the live stream on Nugs, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you watch the replay, yeah, we get into that too. Something that Jimmy wanted me to pass along, the actual length of Unevolved clocked in at, and this is subtracting crowd applause and banter, 24 minutes and 30 seconds, which is still longer than Onward and Upward that comes in at 23 minutes and 15 seconds. So Unevolved is still the longest Raw Stew song debut to date. The homework we mentioned in our chat, Booth Love from June 1st, 2017. I went on a little treasure hunt, and sure enough, when it embarks on its journey slightly after six minutes, the first section of Unevolved, sans lyrics, is revealed. So almost five and a half years later, 
mixed with some Push the Pig in the Kitchen, Dump City, and Bridgeless, Unevolved is born. Shit like that is just one of the many things I love about this band. Hey, Rob. Yeah. I was uh, checking out some people that, you know, I listen to and I'm really interested in online. And uh, they have these things called Patreon accounts. Mm -hmm. What's that all about? Well, you know, it can be hard to monetize these podcasts. And there are expenses that go along with it, you know. Uh, you have to pay engineers. You have to, you know, people's time is money. There's a lot of things that go into making these podcasts. And um, Patreon is a way of using membership to help get money in the hands so that these people can create more podcasts and do more and more. Oh, okay. So our friend Sarah J with the DATC Media Company, we could probably help her out then, huh? Dropped Among This Crowd Media is on Patreon now. And, and the, the, if you donate, you will have access to exclusive membership, membership only stuff like uh, content and uh, there'll be merch items and more and more and you'll be supporting her show Dropped Among This Crowd my other show Ump, Ump, the Umphreys McGee Wow show my show with you Stu on this and uh, the Crooked Conversations magazine and of course you know there's other I, I have other podcasts I want to do um, Sarah did one with Joel about summer camp she's talking to band members about doing other things so it just it it inspires creativity. It's a way of paying back, you know? If you want to be a terrestrial ra radio listener and hear ads all the time, then you'd be a passive listener. But if you want to be a podcast listener, you're a part of a community, you need to step up and support that which you like, whether it's us or someone else. If you love a podcast, support that podcast. That sounds great. Sounds like a great way to help out. Indeed. So check it out. Dropped Among This Crowd on Patreon. Well, that's the first thing when you did this podcast and cooking, you were like, well, let's cook, let's pick something let's go to the from woods. the woods and yeah. make a meal out of it. That was your first thing. Join us as we talk about food and music. Let's do all these things. You know, that's just the way I am. I like that instinct. I'm always like that. I'm like, I don't want to play the old shit. I want to play, you know, new, new, new. Politics and conspiracies. The guys don't say complete demolition because they were unsafe. It sounds like bullshit. It's just like 9 11, right? And the wild world of sports. But there was one, like, I'm with Des Bryant, man. He got screwed in the postseason because they said he didn't finish. He made a catch. He turned his body, stepped over, and then, and then he dropped and they called it incomplete. And I still felt the Cowboys and Des Bryant screwed. There's a lot of people complete the catch bullshit. Check out our new podcast called Stew on This. Tune us in and see what's cooking. All right. So here is my chat with. Jimmy Knowledge. Well, I am here again with Jimmy Knowledge. I can't can't believe we both made it out of there, Sarah. <laughs> I promise I won't yell your name on on the podcast the same way I did night two on the pre-show panel. That was great. That was uh, serendipity. I was Sarah... excited to see you. Jay <laughs> it was perfect. It totally exemplified the amount of excitement that was filling that room that night. Oh, 100%. It was, and that, that was probably 20 minutes before anything started, and it was still uh, something was in the air. People oh, were, yeah. were, the buzz was heavy. Uh, we settled in. I, there was no way I could just survive in the crush of the uh, 
up front there i needed room to dance sarah so and and dance i did they gave us plenty um we found a wonderful spot where you found right in front of chris mitchell yeah yeah and ben so we saw what what they were seeing it's a nice uh, sweet spot for sure i went and took over that opera box where we were filming and kind of had my own vip section the whole mm. night which was real nice you needed you needed the space to to get loose i did i did for sure we kept moving back each set just to get more space because it's not like they stopped playing songs to dance to definitely Mo- moving in some way and so yes uh, it, was a, was... it was a packed house on Saturday night. There were a lot more people there Saturday night than there was on Friday. Well, they got one special set. Before Three we special get... sets. Oh, yeah. But we're going to talk about Ross Dew. And if nobody knows, the last time you were on here, three-ish weeks ago, right before Humble, we talked about Ross Dew the history of it this year's ballad all sorts of goodness so anybody didn't listen to that go listen to that and then come back to this one we guessed everything with 97.9 percent accuracy uh predicted everything that would happen (laughs) i can't wait to get into everything that unfolded this year with you but I want to know your overall thoughts of this year's Umbol, your thoughts on Songs for Older Women being the album of choice, um, that DBK. This is a compound question, Sarah. <laughs> which, which, which one do you want me to start with? <laughs> your, which, that DBK, I feel like totally threw start a wrench into your, your wow show episode. <laughs> yeah, um, I I, I think I need to restart and listen to every DBK again with <laughs> that like, one thanks, guys. in mind. Yes, <laughs> kind of recalibrate how I think about the song in its entirety. Uh, that was fantastic. And that is, that's the reason why I wanted, hoped uh, for Songs for Older Women, because you get DBK, you get Two by Two and Front Porch. And they dazzled with all three of those. There was no wrong answer. It would, it's such a unique thing to play an entire album front to back. Um, and hopefully they play every single album of theirs at some point, give it its own live interpretation. I think that's a wonderful artifact that they can give. Um, and boy, it, it, it would have been pretty cool to hear asking for a friend. Uh, with it so immediate so fresh uh we did get a, f- a few of the songs throughout the weekend and and they they were pretty hot um, and we got we, that debut of ordinary times too yep yeah. i i, I, I kind of thought we'd get work sauce encore on night two they crossed was, that off it was not meant to be triple they, live it, we'll it, still it was take on that. there it was on oh, there it man was, it they was were in thinking that encore, it. but I've I've been told um, it's not ready vocally. It's not ready yet, so that's why they cut oh, it. It will be for Atlanta. I yeah. think that's a confident bet. So go go find DraftKings, 
wherever. <laughs> he is the over-under that we use for the weekly football picks. <laughs> yeah, if DraftKings can develop a music uh, prop betting, uh, maybe mm, that would be hmm. <laughs> evil, evil fingers. Um, what else about... I loved Bravo Umphreys fans on a terrific Stuart set. That was, was it 15 different ideas? Um, I think that was the best Stuart. I keep saying that. I think it's the best Stuart in terms of what was submitted. I think that what people sent in was really creative and also very open in terms of allowing them to have the space to create like giving them enough of an idea without pigeonholing it too much so i think that for that reason they were really great choices i also think that the way the band executed all of the choices was just next level I, I think that that's my favorite Stuart set. And it gave us a punk version of Glory. So there's that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which we were talking about that in the episode with Adam and Josh. We did that full recap of the two nights. And we talked about how we were here for all the versions of, of Glory, all the genres. Do like dub Glory? <laughs> Keep glorifying. Yes. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, another reason to hope, cross your fingers for songs for older women, are the songs that they just never play. The other side of things is a beautiful song when it's fully played, and it frankly hasn't been in 20 years. And it was great. It was great to hear. Um, they probably won't keep playing it, but we got a, a uh, what that sound like sounds like in the future. We, we, well, we, and it's cool because it's with the six of them. It's it, we got to hear it as as Umphreys is now. Yep. You know, because anybody who listens to that album or knows the history of that, Jake and Chris are not on that album. So to be able to not only get that song anyways, which would have been cool, but to hear that and have it played as what Umphreys is today is a cool experience too. Absolutely. Uh, and then Baby Honey Sugar Darling is... There was no other way I don't think that a lot of us were ever going to get that crossed off of our ISO list. <laughs> I think that's what drove the voting. It should, I mean, it did for me. That's that's why I voted the way that I did was to get songs that we weren't going to hear. Their finest ballad. <laughs> should be played at more weddings. <laughs> First dance. Uh, and then they they end the night. I love the tool with Kanika. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. that will send folks to the exits looking for a fight. Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. her anyway. So that just that amped up the what everybody was walking into Saturday night. Oh, well, I was so excited because when I got to the venue on Friday, 
they were still sound checking and I walked in and that's what they were playing, but she wasn't singing, but they were just playing it. And I'm like, it's going to be that kind of party. Oh shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This was a good place to come in. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, You want to talk Saturday? Yeah, let's talk That's Saturday. That's two and three. We'll 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 keep putting Ross Stu on the on the uh, on the seat for now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Those are always fun just to see how the group think moves through a set of music. Um, and to be honest, I I think I was on the wrong side of how many songs were there. Most of these I picked something else um there were no there's there's never a wrong choice there's never a wrong choice what are you in the mood for i'm never not in the mood for august i think we've established that so yeah, we all uh, know how i feel about that answer yeah. too <laughs> um i quickly moved on and enjoyed last man's for a read yeah uh and then it was small it was one of the new songs small strides yeah Yeah. and they that one was a nice dance party too yeah yeah that song's potent and it it jumps off real quick two minutes Mm -hmm. in and you're you're in the the good stuff um that was fun then story time was beautiful i thought that was really nice especially coming up on their big anniversary in you know two months I thought that was really nice to take the that moment and share the story about Miro and kind of reminding people because there's still a lot of fans that don't know who Mike Miro is. It's not like most member changes that Mike Miro is not treated that way in their band. Uh, mm-hmm. his spirit never left the band and as a drummer that's kind of a big deal like um chris is i don't think anybody would not want chris it's a yes and situation and, and mike miro's uh, everything about the guy made the band better and mm-hmm. I, for those that i i guess i try to um contextualize a lot of uh on on umfax on twitter for as long as twitter's lasting um i try to contextualize stuff between the eras and and stuff that it was a different sound a different um group mentality with a different drummer um and and he brought it it was i keep saying different he he had a uh energy that can't be replaced it mm-hmm. you're gonna just have somebody chris is a, a, a beast of his own color yeah it's not, not miro yeah. um yeah i think we'll get some more remembrances around 25 yeah yeah uh third set they just picked what they wanted to play yeah basically if there was a song on the choose your own that they still wanted to play that was getting thrown in yeah yeah <laughs> uh and we got a really tasty scapegoat 
they, they played a scapegoat was the third song of the encore at the Vic. Mm-hmm. And because it was the third song, it was a very quick, uh, mm-hmm. buttoned up escape goat and Chicago kind of needed to let, let the goat out. Yeah. Let the goat wander the pasture a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're near enough to, um, Wrigley just get some, get some goat vibes going. Yeah. The goat vibes. <laughs> And then, God, I everything about Kielbasa Sausage yeah. was fantastic. They got to sing to their kids up in the box. <laughs> the video screen, the the fuck yes sing along that yeah. they just kind of raged with, like yeah. The, uh, boy, I, boy, I was, there was something very therapeutic about that. I yes. yelled, "Fuck yeah!" so loud arms stretched out it was the end of the weekend I was done filming so I could just you know let my voice yell as loud as possible and there was something very very therapeutic about just yelling fuck yeah as loud as I could and with the biggest smile and just having the best time ever it was it was a it was a perfect encore choice. It really was. It really was. And and then triple wide. And but, then triple man, wide. I was trying to think of what song would of Umphreys would could Tenacious D pull off live, which would be, you know, I, I don't want them to play any other D song other than Kilbasa because that just is a perfect uh for what everybody needs yeah. um but i i think an opener i think tenacious d could play oh, an opener that's a good quite call. well jack black could just channel that all and his... it's so like on their level too of when you listen to the lyrics of an opener i feel like they're on par kind of jokingly sort of i think that's a great call. You, you've got some performance possibilities there. Yeah, that's that's a that's there. That's Jack a great call. And KG, whenever whenever you want to do that, KD. That's a great. That's a great call. I like. Ah. Uh, so that brings us to set one. That brings <laughs> us to Ross Stew. I feel like you gotta. It's the, after the Thanksgiving. We gotta unbutton our pants a little and kind of. Ross Stew is there's a lot. Well, there's only five songs, and yet, yes, there's a lot. <laughs> yet there's still a lot. That's why we had to to break this into a before and after conversation. I'm glad we did. Um we got to they they worked in 16 of the nominees. So more than half of the nominees are now. Part of a new song. New yeah. Uh and as well as two demo clips from past years. One was eleven years ago, one was eight years ago. Yeah, two thousand eleven and twenty fourteen, yeah. And that's the first instance where they've dug into, you know, pre recorded whether full band or if that's something Jake's messing around in it. 
Boondock. I believe they came from Boondock Studios. So those would have been something that he had had messed around with and kind of had hidden in a closet somewhere in a way almost. You know, there's hundreds of uh, snippets that are squirreled away. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing if they keep dipping into that. I, mean, I got to imagine that's a COVID uh, consequence. Of- yeah, I thought the same thing was it, it just like anybody else during COVID, you know, you're cleaning out that closet that you never had time to do. And now you're home and you're just sorting through old shit and found this treasure and was like, oh, wait a minute. What is this? And that's exciting to think for potential just new songs. Ross do if we get that again next year, the year after, you know, Umble or whatever. It's exciting. There's that... a deep, deep well of of content. Exactly. Like we chose and voted and then they just, oh, here, we found this little, let's put this spicy secret ingredient in here and not tell just... anybody about it. Yeah, no, just <laughs> mix that up. It's It's all stew. Mix it up. <laughs> the secret you know your mom comes in you're making sauce and your mom sneaks in and puts in like a little extra something <laughs> well I, i'm ladling the shit out of this up this it, it was great it was great it was great i think it was um, also exciting that that step and razor found found home in two different songs too such a special which i am uh, so here for that was on on my ballot and before we start digging into each of these songs individually how many of the songs that you wanted how many made them into into these final products many <laughs> um and then i think i'm also reminded of ones that weren't on my ballot i'm like of course i want to keep hearing this over and over why why did i not pick that yeah um yeah again this is an instance where there was no there was no wrong choices no because we talked about that where there were things like the push the pig that i'm looking at these notes here that was in uninvolved i had to cut that off my ballot and so if i had a few more choices that would have been on there but so I wasn't even mad because I still would have picked that if I had the space to vote for it. Well, and they, uh, they didn't play them necessarily true to what they played it, how it came out five years ago or 15 years ago. They changed tempos of some of these. Like they captured what was likable about them, but reimagined it. And so that's what I think is one of the coolest opportunities they give themselves. All right. We made some magic here. Let's take a look at it. All right. This is the, this is the riff. This is the chord progression that we're going to fuse into something else. Um, But let's, we can reinterpret this uh, in a new way. And, and they did that on, I'd say on all of these, Um, some of them are a little, definitely recognize it 
compared to the the previous and summer uh, departures in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think for me, this is my favorite Ross do set. I listened to all the umbles leading up to umble um, this year for research and somebody had asked me, I think it was the middle of night two. And I brought this up in my episode with Adam and Josh, um, that somebody had asked me if I felt like this umble was better than umble four, because I made it very vocal that umble four was my favorite. And I said, yeah, I think for a number of reasons, this umble is, you know, is better. And I always hate saying that because they're also great. So it's hard to say it is better than on bowl four, but I enjoyed it more. Um, all personal aspects of the weekend aside, of course. Um, but I think that this Ross stew is the best one they've done. I think it's the most cohesive. I feel like we were pretty much getting another album played in its entirety. That's exactly how I felt with the way that these songs were presented to us. I felt like we were getting a new album and this was the first time that we were just hearing them, but it felt like they could have said, oh, that's our new album that we just played for you. You know, 75 minutes, I think it came in on. And the fact that they felt and showed the comfortability the first time out. And as Bayless had said, they had just finished these songs only a few days before. And so the fact that they, you wouldn't have known that if he wouldn't have said it, there's no way that any of us, there's no way any of us would have known that these songs had just, been finished a few days prior because they were so comfortable and so ready to play them and felt a perfect example of of course is uninvolved so comfortable and willing to already allow them to stretch and wander and venture off on their own and so for that is another reason why I feel that this was their best Ross do set. Yeah. There's a density of ideas packed into five songs. Uh, I, I would say other Ross do sets, humble four, I feel like the, the best kind of emotional arc of a set you kind of ride in the flow. They don't stop playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you kind of ride through the songs. Well, each of these own songs had their own kind of emotional arc. Mm-hmm. They were compositionally pretty complex and, uh, and and the ideas packed next to each other flowed, uh, mm-hmm. unevolved was, I mean, it was 24 minutes. Yeah, That's 20, 25, bonkers. like 25 and a half minutes it was. It was... Uh, they they took down they they opened each song with uh the title name on the video screen and and gave us the the rundown of each element 
of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love. But then they that took they it down that. after I did too. But if you didn't take a picture of it, it disappeared after a minute or so. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know, minute eighteen or so, ask him, my buddy, I hey. Is this still that same song? What was that song called? <laughs> What's mm-hmm. going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, in that uninvolved, so you mentioned it was 25, 25 and a half minutes. The longest Ross do song to date. Onward and Upward from May of 2014 is now in second place with a little over 24 minutes. That was. So, I mean, they were just really feeling that song. And Stasek said that to me. Um, That was unintentional for it to be that long. They were just feeling the energy of the moment and the room and where it was going and decided to continue to take take the long way and just I mean, keep going the back roads. <laughs> the room was transfixed. Yeah. And, and I guess for this whole set, the room Bravo fans, because it was quiet and receptive to, all right, we know you're going to play stuff that we're familiar with, but we have no idea how you're putting it together and how you're going to move from one uh, song segment to the next. And, and, how 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 we're going to be dazzled we don't know and everybody was there for it it was a quiet room until it, things got out of hand and, and people were were friggin yipping it up oh, um, yeah. but it was the room stayed with the song and how it moved and when it was some dirty dance sections it got steamy and it, I loved that everybody, and this is set one, everybody came for that and hung on it. Yeah. They had us in the palm of their hands and and they executed. Yeah. And, you know, even listening back to it, the multiple times that I've listened back to this set, it's embarrassing how many times I've listened back to this set, but I feel like anybody listening to this episode is in that same boat. This felt like, even to me, even though we had were getting these songs for the first time, they strangely felt familiar. Even though there's parts of these that we have heard before, obviously they're crafted and, and Frankenstein together from these things that we have already heard. But in their full manifestation that we got that night, they felt like, they'd always been there it was it was similar to when you meet someone and you're fast friends you're instantly friends and then you can't imagine your life without them being there that's how I feel about these songs and that's why I think that we'll probably see all of these again I really feel very confident that these songs we will continue to see, which I don't think that's ever been the case with any Ross do set that we've seen all of the songs 
No, we've gone continuously. Four out of five songs have remained uh, Mm -hmm. strong rotation, but the fifth we haven't haven't reached one hundred percent efficiency rate. So, and I think that that might be the case here. That we out of our control now. Where is it? Come on, play the songs. Play Play the songs. songs. Well, as (laughs) as Joel had mentioned on Twitter, he had said that things I'd like to lose was basically a finished tune before they debuted it. So hearing things like that kind of only makes me believe that even more. That song did sound polished when it came out. And, and uh, I, I mean, it's got, that's the Pearl jam. uh, As Rob said, I was going to bring that up. I thought that that night during it, and then Rob had brought that up in our, our text chat and they are playing um yeah phoenix festival yeah i I was doing something i was putting together the magazine and i was putting the summer dates in there i was like oh ask eddie to come out and sing it yeah why not i just even if he didn't (laughs) sing that song i think having eddie vetter sit in with umphreys and sing anything would be so cool yeah oh they could do release yeah oh jinx but yeah they totally do that i get jinxed all the time by my my my, my guy so how I'm old is he again 10 okay see so yeah brendan is seven and marley is 11 so there's a lot of jinxing going on in the house so perpetually jinxed here yeah i'm gonna let them know i jinxed you right in the episode they're gonna be like that's awesome and he kept talking and he kept talking but you gotta say my name Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. I but I yelled it on live on TV, so that perpetually always unjinx you. It's like a protector. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Um, what I found interesting about things I'd like to lose. So that's one of the songs that did uh, integrate one of these May of 2011, uh, mm-hmm. some kind of demo uh, piece from the boondock um but it also and another 2011 the two by two which thank goodness that was one of my choices and and that is a beautiful piece and uh we'll be under further analysis when we uh (laughs) tackle two by two and the wow show um but the most recent nominee on the ballot uh mantis august 2021 So it's cool to uh, get a more contemporary sounding um, worked in right away. It makes, makes all the more sense. And yeah, yeah, we're in a very lush creative period for them, which is, which is cool. And exciting considering that we are about to embark on a 25th year celebration that they are still creating in this way that we are talking about this set of music the way that we are for a band that is going to be celebrating 25 years and I think that's really exciting and mind-blowing also it's very exciting that's something I thought also was interesting was without a focus featured two different 1348s. Mm-hmm. They kind of played off each other. Yeah. yeah. 
they uh, and load front loaded the song. It was mm-hmm. we went from the A section to the B section. It's all thirteen forty eight. Yeah. And there was a lot of choices in there. There was the 1348 from 2015, 1348 from 07, Great American from 2013, Blue Echo from 07, Step and Razor from 2011, and then also featuring the other demo outtake from Boondock, Little Kids. So the Little Kids, which is the just the feel-good disco sensation to to exclamation point to the set yeah um that is an outtake from may of 2014 which for context uh february 2014 was a three-night run at the riv two weeks after miro passed and Mm. so this 2014 uh those first few months is the band grieving and also producing a wild creative improv and i think you talked about that in the a, other episode too uh well we you didn't did know touch that on were, that uh so it's interesting that. that you that that would you know come up again in talking about this as i just think it's, it's true it's cool to see that period of of how they're channeling uh processing their their drummer um what it's coming out in and and now we get it in uh the the lyrics let me just look at these little kid lyrics it's really (laughs) playful and uh i'm scrolling down Rolling and looking. Ghostly image come along. Protect me from the freezing fog. Take back the things you did acting like we're little kids. Suffer through the vainest songs. Time will drift and carry on. I just feel like they're, they wrote that yeah. to Mike. Yeah. And, yeah. and now here it is. And yep. gosh, if year 25 is starting off with this new song as a real feel good sing along bravo guys it's that's uh those are pretty heady weighty words over yeah. a pure dance disco beat and falsetto voice like if you listen to that song and you do not start shaking your ass there's a problem with you uh-huh honest uh-huh. to god there's just even if i'm sitting and i'm writing and listening i'm still just grooving it's so good (laughs) that was the third kind of lyrical section of the song this is what i'm talking about with these emotional arcs within the song itself you 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 get these kind of real jagged 1348 section then you move to the great american um which is a faster tempo than what was original um in 2013 um and then you move to this blue echo new section and the bed of sound that they create for bayless to sing uh for a little piece i surrender like that is a real cathartic section it was 
didn't know what to expect. So it's not like you could prepare yourself for that message, but Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. powerful. I feel that way about all of these songs. Musically, they were all really powerful and there's so much to dissect musically of each of these, but lyrically, I, I mean, it, it's, I could spend all day long talking about Bayless and the lyrics that he writes and the lyrical genius that he is. I've said it a hundred million times on every episode of my show, but the lyrics of these songs are all very powerful and poignant. Every time I've listened to these and I listened to those lyrics and now I'm starting to sing them and, and remember them. I'm just like, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bayless yet again. (laughs) You win again, Bayless. Hey, Sarah, I just realized I haven't even talked into the mic all this whole time. It's been off to the side and I forgot to, this is amateur hour. So you sound fantastic to me. I've so just been so excited. To so excited. It's okay. I was so excited. Ross I yelled too. your name live on, on TV. So yep. it's great. And if anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, go to the DATC media YouTube page and you will see video of the panel that was broadcast before and during night two of the stream. And you will see Jimmy's official shout out. Got a shout <laughs> out. Um, it was a shout out. Yeah. It was a shout out. <laughs> um. Somebody had mentioned to me, and I did not get a chance to dive into this, but somebody had mentioned to me that the June 1st, 2017 booth love featured a section something about that booth love would become uninvolved had a section from it yes or something about it that would become it um i did not get a chance to dig into that and find the treasure within that booth love but we both got homework yeah, and anybody listening? So that's the June first, twenty seventeen, booth love. So I will probably actually listen to that tonight. Why, to do why don't we? We'll work backwards here. So we we started out of focus. Let's talk about unevolved <laughs> now. <laughs> um, and the push the pig starts with that twenty seventeen, um, kind of the slinky jazz club feel. Uh, but it's got more muscle. It's they've bulked it up. Um, and this is the first Bayless falsetto of the set, which you had me at hello on evolved. Oh, always with the falsetto Bayless. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the, in the kitchen, November 1st, 2012 kitchen, which you had mentioned in the other episode, the other stew episode that we did, that in the kitchen was the song. A lock. That, it yeah. is a lock to become a new song in raw yeah. stew. Seven out of seven years in the kitchen now. And this one doesn't disappoint us. This, this whole movement is fantastic. 
Um, I mean, there's like, I hear throughout Unevolved as it kind of moves through what I count as seven different distinct movements. And I know it's, it's only four, the four, uh, Lego pieces from improv sections, but there are distinct shifts in, in songs. And, and some of those actually were in, in the original. Um, but there's within the, the whole 20 plus minutes, there's certain sections where one, one part, it's got a stairway to heaven, like Joel on the organs kind of must, it's similar chord or whatever. Uh, there's a want to be starting something. Yep. I mean, they're not teasing it. It's just the feel of it. And that was in one of the shifts. That's halfway through. That's like 10 and a half minutes. You get just a little MJ feel as it shifts into that nasty pony fuzz uh, effect on his bass. I mean, the room is shaking at that point. Mm -hmm. And, oh, it's insanity dance party and and then we get jake and joel kind of lead a dark minor climb and it spills into just the room is blinded by light we don't know what's happening because it's (laughs) it's a immediate shift out of what they're doing and i mean that was just happiness that was jubilation I felt like it was organized schizophrenia because it just, it had all these different sides and personalities and moods, but it wasn't chaotic in any sense. So I think organized schizophrenia is, is kind of a really good way to, to describe that and I think it was it was you I had said this to first because then I brought it up on my episode with Adam and Josh but I think I had said this to you first where it felt like draconian and onward and upward had had this just passionate night together and this song was the love child of draconian and onward and upward together because there's moments of this whole journey that we were on with uninvolved which how ironic of a title is that which i love so much about this band but there were moments listen even in the moment listening to this song it made me think of okay now we're kind of like on the draconian ride now we're on the onward and upward ride like there were parts of both of those songs that really sparked for me during this so for me that's why i feel like those two came together and Mm -hmm. this is what that was which both of those were raw stew songs so um i i love the song name unevolved it and and there's a lyric reference in in the words to something evolved um he's brennan's writing about 
what seems like relationship stuff and also kind of internal stuff and just he we feel like we're in a therapy session with him and the how they burst in with this kind of the chorus call it 13 and a half um minutes in when they break it down and slowly build it back up with the joel kind of piano interlude and then chris fills the room with the drums like it is it's a a slow drum build and you feel uh, the whole room is riding this energy wave and by the time and then they take their sweet sassy molassy time building this and by the time that it's like a chorus reprise it is he's singing it in uh the, the same words that he earlier sang but it is coming from what sounds like a more confident place a more self-assured place so within the own song he's evolved um so it's it, it this I, I can't get enough of this song yeah that's that's how i feel too and it's it's exciting to think of the possibilities that are to come from this too we've already touched on that with these songs continuing to come out what they're going to do with this are they going to sandwich it are they going to utopian it and we get the front half here and then they venture into something else and then they come back into it they're going to open a set with it and play three or four songs and then close a set with it and so this is very 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 exciting to see what the future of this song holds it is like a triple threat quarterback exactly <laughs> which they watched last night as Caleb Williams destroyed Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> he almost caught a touchdown pass. He would have, that would have been the trifecta. So I'm, I'm going to say in the m most uh, kindest way, unevolved is the Caleb Williams of <laughs> Humphrey Suggs. Nice analogy. I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna bring that to the football picks on Thursday. Stasic will appreciate that. Okay. I'll let him know. <laughs> Jimmy Knowledge has something to share with you. I mean, so. you gotta you gotta tip your cap when the guy is just better than your defense. You have to. You have to give props where props are due. Yep. Regardless. Um <sighs> well. <laughs> Well, let's did, move did backwards to, through the. Did we I, need to pop your computer fan on? My computer fan, surprised it hasn't gone off. <laughs> uh, all right, the the fulcrum point of this set, which was the only song shorter than ten minutes, um, is "Things I'd Like to Lose," which really sounds like it could be a. I'm I'm not gonna say a radio hit, maybe a satellite radio hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I curious how that will grow. Cause I don't think we got much improv with that. And if they want to expand that, I'm here for it. And if they just want to 
harness it and, and fine tune it and make it a real solid compact song. Do it, do it to it. Just keep playing it. Just keep doing it. I'm here for it. I'm here for all these to continue to be played. Uh, the second song of the night, Exit Signs, got the oldest nominee on the ballot. That finally, visions. finally inducted into a song. <laughs> that visions had been. This is its third time. That and shout out to five third timers on the ballot. They didn't give up. Um, more, more to come. Hold that thought. Um, there were three though third timers. Uh, hopefully, it's not three strikes and they're out. But there was. A fuzz from 07, a utopian fur from 07, and a power of soul from 2011. That are still still looking for the right. I'm surprised that power of soul didn't find a find a home yet. But you know, maybe, maybe it didn't not. have the rest of its mates that it needs to. Uh, it's it's looking for its draconian onward upward, uh, you know, union. Yeah. Of. <laughs> This is a PG-13 podcast, so I don't need to get too explicit. <laughs> but it it gives me hope for those because this Visions finally found a place. And yep. so it just proves the whole thing about divine timing. I'm really glad. that This is a great lyrical Mm -hmm. uh, and they sped it up, which, uh, to their credit, I one reason why I didn't have that visions on my belt was it's a little slow and plodding, and I appreciate the uh, kind of the, the words that Bayless is kind of sounding out in real time, but it was it's slow, and I don't want to hear a slower tempo at all in a set and yet they they sped it up in it and kind of leading it off with these lyrics makes sense it worked uh they pair it with the october 2014 nemo great transition uh section and then we get this kabump peep kabump from november 2006 and it's fantastic i this comes awesome. This is in the conversation for goat bump. Uh, so I really liked exit science. I, yeah, I, I think they can keep working with it. I think not, nothing but upside. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and then the set opener wide open, which opens with just that killer step and racer riff, which that whole step and razor, whatever, 15 minutes of improv, but the last like seven, nine minutes of it where it shifted the direction. That's what they, they pull this mm -hmm. riff from. Um, they can't play the whole nine minute of just blissful everything, but we get that. I love that this riff is great. And I hope yeah. that they keep, uh, kind of, if this is opening 
a song or if it's segueing, like I hope that it gets teased out more. It's a it, it's a good piece of slice of music to to work with. It's Agree. some good malleable clay. Uh, and then it's it's paired, trioed with uh, a Blue Oyster Cult song. So you got Peter Tosh and Blue Oyster Cult kind of mashed together here mm-hmm. uh, with a, a April 1st, 2014 Higgins. Uh, that Higgins is awesome. Um, yeah. Interestingly, here's, uh, here's what you've been holding on for since I mentioned the, the choices, the nominees who were made it on three ballots. All three of these, this is their third time on the ballot. That, that compromise uh, or comprise wide open now. Uh, but they were never all on the same ballot. So they just, hmm. they were waiting for divine timing to yep. be on the same ballot because they go together. Because they go together. Yeah. It's really, it's a magical thing. The whole raw stew thing is just, so magical and i would love to be a fly on the wall to see the creative process that goes into taking these and making them into what we finally hear and just saying, yeah, this works well with this, and this works well with this, and the experiment of Legoing and Frankensteining them together. It's just magical. Oh, I love that Joel shared his song notes for a couple of these on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading those is a different language, uh, certainly, but it's it, it shows a how much work uh and brain uh brain power is going into sorting through all of these changes and uh different different sections that uh he or other members are going to flourish um it is a significant amount of uh front of mind memory they got to hold on to that's why it's the first set uh, yeah because they just gotta you gotta get it out it's yeah it's, you gotta just do it but then it seeing all those notes also shows i, I mean yeah they don't want to mess it up but that that's why they are taking all those notes because yeah. they're excited and these are uh yeah they're they're ready to unleash these they're out of the cage they're not as it it makes me feel good because like oh we're not the only nerdy ones here that take a million notes about these songs cool (laughs) the notes say different things and different symbols yes that was fantastic is my note to joel's this is gonna be a minor Fill in music theory. (laughs) (laughs) Fill in various music theory terms here. Yes. Um, I, I, it's a wonderful, I still think it's the the best concept they've come up with. Uh, And 
no reason to think that they this doesn't keep their creative juices uh, firing because I, I think they do get great output from a lot of work. Uh, and yeah, you, you, you called it kind of a new album uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's, it is. Uh, they've done the heavy lifting of a new album. Uh, maybe, maybe it'll actually go into a studio. Maybe they'll just release that set. Yeah. Yeah, it felt very cohesive. It felt like, again, we had already seen these songs. That's just how it felt to me, is that these songs just felt so familiar already. And they all felt like, even though they were individual chapters, they were all the same part of the the same book in the way that an album would be. That's just how it felt to me. And listening to it again, like I said, I listened to this before I jumped on with you again tonight and I still feel the same way. It's so cohesive in the way that it was presented that it feels like an album. That ends with- exciting. That ends with Barry Gibb, essentially. Yes. I'm so here for it. And, you know, I was thinking about New Year's and my predictions for New Year's was small strides or a scapegoat into the new year. To be the new song, you know? Yeah, but we could do out of focus. Let's do out of focus. Let's. And take it into 2023. I think that would be a really exciting way to head into their 25th year is to play a raw stew song that they had just written and improv the shit out of it and make it into an epic dance party into the new year. You've this been dared. Blo- yeah. You've been dared. Challenge, guys. I'm challenging you. It just makes me really proud of this band and it makes me really excited still each time I'm still excited and somehow love them more, which I don't even know how this is even possible at this point, because I just love Umphreys more than anything (laughs) somehow. And it's interesting when I talk to people who are really outside of it all. I actually had this conversation with my therapist and we were talking about all the stuff that the company had done at Umbul and, you know, how exciting it was. And then I was kind of talking about the new year and and what my company had planned for 2023. And I'm telling her, you know, it's really exciting because they're going to be celebrating 25 years. And she goes, 25 years? Really? They've been a band for that long? And I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) She was blown away that I'm telling her these things that this band is doing. First of all, that no other band is doing. Nobody else is putting together something like Ross do. But the fact that they've been doing this for 25 years and they're still able to create this music this way. It's it's incredible. It's all good signs. That's exactly how I feel. 
That's exactly how no, I feel. No exit signs. We're, no we're exit staying signs. on the highway. I'm not looking for an exit and I'm not seeing any. Anybody who was watching the stream, if they were watching the pre-show panel when I gave you your shout out, <laughs> previous to that, Adam had actually fit in all of the titles to the songs when he was talking about what he was feeling about Ross too. It was really good. He did a really good job with that. It was awesome. I had people that went back and watched the stream after the original airing of it. And they messaged me, wait a minute, Adam was sticking the song titles in there before they even played them. And I'm like, yeah, I was trying to keep a poker face about it because I knew the song titles before and I'm trying to keep a poker face. He Easter egged the... Yeah, he did. He Easter egged the hell out of the... The couch tour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That that was really clever. Really good. So yeah, you got anything else? No. Uh, as a matter of fact, I I am I'm noted out. I've I've <laughs> that's all I have. Um there was a lot. We covered a lot, and we're gonna have to each listen to that June first, twenty seventeen. Yeah, we might and have I'll to put it in the for... in the front of this conversation in the episode, my findings and whatever you <laughs> message me, I will okay. let everybody know. I'll fill everyone in on that because I'm, I'm glad, intrigued. I'm glad we've gotten to full circle and and complete the conversation that we started. It was only fitting. I mean, we had to, we had to. We started the the Ross stew and and went through the history and. We had to. And the fact that you were in the room that night, too, just made it all, all great. Any opportunity to see her. Wouldn't miss it. <laughs> Wherever you guys want to throw a raw stew, I'll be there. I'll be there. Wherever there's a raw stew, I'll be there. <laughs> Brian Adams. from. <laughs> no, that's three musketeers or whatever. Now it's, see, you know it's late when I'm mixing up my... Early nineties, Brian Adams. Yeah. Thanks, it's okay. It's it's the it's the night before everybody returns back to normalcy after this we've all been on Thanksgiving break for days. Still the tryptophan working its way out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, this was so awesome. Any opportunity to nerd out with you about Umphreys is my favorite. A beautiful thing thanks sarah i love you this was so fun i tell you carl there's a lot of people out there who have either band or or they have a business or they're an artist and then mm -hmm. you know they're looking to reach this music loving traveling music fan mm -hmm. kind of world which can be elusive yes they're dreamers yes like-minded people what better way than through dropped among this crowd if you want to if you want to if you have a podcast you want to create mm -hmm. sarah can provide a platform she can apply she can provide um, promotion on social media she can provide an engineer um or if you want to advertise or if you have any big idea particularly with the artists mm -hmm. you want to email sarah at da 
BATCmediacompany.com. She can provide, again, a platform for your podcast, social media promotion. Uh, she can even provide an engineer. Because, folks, you know, you want to reach fellow Humphreys fans or jam fans or music industry people or musicians or just people who love music and travel for it, or, as in the case of Stu on this, mm-hmm. foodies, mm-hmm. music-loving foodies. That's right. And if you all need any help with recipes, you need to get a hold of me. Yeah, you need to get Carl directly. But if you want stuff with promotion and social media savvy and a podcast platform, you want to email Sarah at DATCmediacompany.com. Sarah at DATCmediacompany.com. Correct. You want to know how to peel and cut an onion? You talk to me. That's Carl. You want to put out a podcast? You want to put out some material, some artistic expressions that that you want to get paid for, you contact Sarah J. And if you have old cassettes that you don't know what to do with, you send them to me, Rob Turner. <laughs> hey, this is Rob Turner. I hope you're enjoying this podcast on the Dropped Among This Crowd Media Network. But my friend Jimmy Knowledge and I also have a podcast on this network that we'd like you to listen to, don't we, Jimmy? It's called The Umphreys Wow Show. What we're doing, at least in this season, it uh, we're perfectly willing to let the podcast evolve over the course of time. But season one, we're going through various old school Humphreys McGee songs and exploring them with comments from the band and from the listeners. Generally, we have a side A that's more of a general overview. And then we have a side B where Jimmy Knowledge shines even more than usual. Right, Jimmy? Tell them about side B. Side B is for the curious the folks that have their scuba gear on and are diving deeper into the improv world and and uh, a lot of the the gooey goodness that happens in in each of these songs they they all have a unique personality and we explore that the best versions of the song the the uh traces of where the song came from and the songs that came from improvisation out of these songs and then we have a metal round with a guest from the Umphreys world. And they each, Jimmy, myself, and the guest, pick their top three versions of said song. And then you, the listener, vote on them. And there is some waxing poetic. Not too much. Well, maybe sometimes too much. But we appreciate if you give us a chance and listen. It's the Umphreys Wow Show on Dropped Among This Crowd Media. Thank you, Sarah. So that's everything I have for this week of the show. Thank you again so much to Jimmy. It is always the best time when you are a guest on the show. There are a bunch of links in the show notes for anything that Jimmy or I may have referenced, as well as where you can listen to these shows and where you can find any videos from the weekend. Also in the show notes, you'll find links for where you can support DATC Media on Patreon, where you can find prints from Umble now available to order, and so much more. So check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.